0: Let us look into the word of God for today. And as I said earlier, we are looking at this week of Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter. So this week is called Holy Week. It's called the Passion of the Christ. It's called uh, a couple of other things, but the whole thing it starts today, which is the Palm Sunday. And what I wanted to do to start us out before we actually get into our scripture for today is just go over the events that happened during this week. The first event is, is the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, The next is the cleansing of the temple. Then we have the conspiracy against Jesus by the Jewish Sanhedrin. Then the anointing of Jesus by a woman during a meal a few days before Passover. The Last Supper shared by Jesus and his disciples in Jerusalem. Jesus predicts uh, Peter's denial. Then then they go to Gethsemane. And we know about the agony in Gethsemane, about the praying. Uh, We know about after the praying that they had the arrest where Judas betrayed him, kissed him on the cheek. They came and snatched him up. Uh, Peter sliced off one of the servant's ears. Jesus repaired the ear, told him, stop doing all that nonsense. Then they have a trial at night, which was illegal, but they had the trial at night. Then we have the, uh, the denial of Peter three times before the rooster crowed that morning. The next thing they go to Pilate, put Jesus on uh Trial. Pilate says, "You know, uh, I can't find anything wrong with him." They said, "We want to crucify him anyway." He brings Bar- Barabbas up. He says, "Barabbas, who's a murderer?" He says, "Hey, you want this murderer or you want Jesus?" They said, "Give us Barabbas." So he turns over uh, Jesus to in order to be crucified. Then Jesus walks with the crossbeam of the cross. After he's been scourged, which is whooped, beaten, and he's taken up to Golgotha. Then he's crucified, he's buried, and then next Sunday he will resurrect and have the victory over death, hell, and the grave. So this is kind of how this whole week, all the events that happen throughout this week. But I want us to look at this first day, this Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And we're going to go to Luke, the 19th chapter. And we're going to start at the 29th verse. In Luke 19 and 29, it says this. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that he called Avlet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a coat tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You say this, the Lord has need of it. I'm in the English Standard Version. So those who were sent away, so those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, the owners said to them, why are you untying the coat? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the coat, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And so I want to take a couple of minutes and just walk you through what has happened. We find that Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means the city of peace. And so as he he's walking into Jerusalem, all the followers of Jesus are hailing him or uh, giving him adoration, saying blessed is he, and waving uh, palm branches and laying them down so that he can walk over it. And I mean, it's just this big old party. And as I was going through this, I kept thinking about uh, Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali if, if, if you know anything about boxing he was considered one of the best boxers in the world and if you were to ask Muhammad Ali he would say that he was the greatest boxer in the world there's even a quote of him saying he said I was the greatest boxer even before I knew it because he knew how good he was but this is not how Jesus came Jesus didn't come tooting his own horn because he said, I've only come to fulfill the will of the father. But Jesus rode in on this colt, this donkey. And if you know anything about history, when a king rode in on a donkey, it meant that he was coming in in peace. And for those of you that are taking notes, make a note of Zechariah 9 and 9. And there it says, let's go to it really quickly. Zechariah is in the Old Testament. That means you need to go to the left. Do, 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 do. Zechariah, Zechariah, here we go, here we go, here we go. And you go to Zechariah 9 and 9 and it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a coat, the foal of an ass. So Jesus, when he walked into Jerusalem, as he went through Jerusalem, he was fulfilling what Zechariah had testified to years prior. And the crowd is just ecstatic. And the crowd's mindset was, here's the king coming, and as he's coming, he is going to release us from this bondage of Roman rule. So the people were celebrating the fact that we are going to be free from the Romans, and here he comes. Here is this king. Here is the one that is going to take us and make us the holy great nation that has been declared by our ancestors. And so everybody's just celebrating having this great time. And oh, I forgot to tell you that it was the time of Passover. So everybody from all over was in Jerusalem. So it was this big crowd and everybody was getting caught up in it and everybody was celebrating. Everybody was like, yes, yes. Some folks were saying, Hosanna, which is save us now, which is rescue us from these Romans. As Jesus walked in or rode in and was given all these accolades, a little side note is, the very same people that were cheering him today in a few days would be the same one saying crucify him because they did not know or understand his purpose. His purpose was not to rescue them from the Romans. His purpose was to give them eternal peace by reconciling them back to God. But because they didn't know that, because they didn't understand that, they missed it. And so as we look at this, they're celebrating him, and and they're just having this big old party celebrating Jesus. I don't know how many of you have ever went to any type of parade. In my hometown, we had a parade, and we had this uh, parkway called Park Avenue, and that's where the parades would come down. It was a nice long stretch. And if, depending on what parade it was, you could be wall to wall people. And when certain floats would come by, you would hear the people cheering and celebrating. And, you know, just, yeah, yeah, especially when the marching bands came through. They would, you know, if it was, especially if there was their, their high school, they would be cheering it and, you know, and celebrating it. And it was kind of like that. It was this big spectacle of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem. And it says here. That the Pharisees, the religious folks. Went up to Jesus. And said, "Um, uh, Jesus you need to tell these folks to quit all this nonsense. You need to have them to calm down. And Jesus looked at them and said, but if I do that, the very rocks will begin to cry out. And the Pharisees Got a little bothered by that. Why? Because Jesus is a religious leader of this new sect in Judaism called the Way. And it seems like the people are more behind him than he is the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they got a little salty about it. And they started planning on how they could kill him. And as they were celebrating him and just extolling who Jesus was and who Jesus is, it says in verse number 40, it says, he answered, I tell you if these were silent, the people, the very stones would cry out. But then very significantly in verse number 41, he says, And when he drew near, saw the city, he wept. Jesus cried because they were celebrating a king who was going to remove them from the rule of the Romans. But he was the king that was going to bring eternal peace to their lives. So they totally missed his purpose. They totally missed why he was called and sent into the world. And so have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they totally missed your point and took it to a direction that may have caused them to get angry because you weren't saying it the way that they believed. And so now you're the bad person because you didn't have the clarity. That can make you very sad. So as we see this, Jesus says in 42, he says, what that you even had known on this day, the things that make for peace. The things that make for peace. Making for peace is not defeating the Romans. Making peace is not having this victory over these temporal things like we talked about last week. Having peace is knowing that your position is set in the kingdom of God because you have accepted what Jesus done on the cross for your life. And because of that, you now have peace with God, a peace that does not even begin to allow you to comprehend why you can have this peace when things are going so crazy. That is why it's so important for us during this time to understand and get an understanding of why we're going through this. I believe we're going through this is because God wants us to be the church and not act like a building or act like a social club. He wants us individually to reflect who he is in our lives to those within the sphere of our influence. And by doing that, we all become What God has declared the church to be is not a location. It is a people and a mentality, a mindset, a way of thinking, a way of living, a way of acting, which draws others closer to the kingdom of God. I don't know how many of you all wear glasses but have you ever put on the wrong glasses or y'all with trifocals and quadfocals have y'all ever looked through the wrong part of your glasses and tried to see something it don't look too good looks fuzzy looks crazy some of y'all even need glasses but you just like I ain't wearing glasses because I can't find the right ones you know what? all that. But my point is this. If you do not have the correct prescription for your glasses. It will have an adverse effect on your ability to see. And that's what these people were going through. Again, they were thinking he was coming to rescue them from the Romans, but he was coming that they will have life, have it more abundantly, that they will have eternal life. He was coming to take them to a whole nother level, but they were still on the lower level. Sometimes it's easy for folks, if their mind is not in the right spot, to miss what the important thing is. In December of 1903 the Wright brothers were up in the great state of Ohio and they were talking about they were gonna ready to come back down to North Carolina but they sent a message to their sister it says flight was successful we will be home for Christmas So the sister takes this note and she runs to the news editor excited and he hands the telegram to the newspaper guy and the newspaper guy looks at it and he says, oh, it's good to know that the boys will be home for Christmas. Totally missed the opportunity to have the scoop on the very first time that men we're able to fly because his mind wasn't even able to comprehend that. Some of us believe that the current situation that we're in, there's nothing greater than that. But I want to tell you that God is greater than our current situation. He did not get caught off guard. He did not Uh, all of a sudden say, oh, wow, this virus has showed up. Uh, You know, what are my people going to do? It was already in the plan. We are touching more people via, via streaming now than we could back in the old days when you would go door to door and knock and invite folks to church. Because folks are able from their living rooms, able to come in and hear the gospel hear that God has a better way. So God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So let us elevate our minds to see things the way God sees them so that we can react the way God wants us to react. Instead of saying, oh, cool, they'll be home for Christmas and miss the scoop on knowing the first time a flight has just been executed. We have to pay attention. We have to know what's happening around us. We have to be cognizant of what's happening around us. We can't get so focused on what we believe, but we have to research, we have to look, we have to watch so that we have an understanding of what is going on. Have y'all ever, oh, I'll say it this way. I was sitting at the stoplight one day And the person was walking with their cell phone and they were texting. And the light, you know, they were at the crosswalk and the light turned, so our light turns red so that they could walk across, right? Well, the person was texting and they're walking with everybody else. Well, they wasn't paying attention and didn't see the fire hydrant that was like right there. And they flipped over the fire hydrant. Now, I'm going to tell you, I laughed. I maybe should have got out and made sure it was okay, but I was laughing too hard because I saw it happening. I knew it was going to come. I said, you better look up. You better look up. You better look up. Oh, he's down. Sometimes we get so focused on what's happening in front of us that we don't look around. And I don't want us to be caught up like the people were way back then on Palm Sunday, focusing on Jesus is going to rescue us from the Romans when he came to give us eternal life so that we could be with the Father. I done messed y'all up now. Y'all, y'all gonna think about what y'all doing when y'all texting. Y'all probably walking, this, walking the walls in the house when you be texting because you don't want to sit down and okay, I ain't gonna get onto that today. All right. So what can we do? Can, what can we, how can we prevent ourselves from being wrapped up and tied up in what's going on? The Bible says that we should look to the hills from which cometh our help because our help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He's made everything. So let us not focus on what is right here in front of us, but let's look at the entire Picture. Let's look at everything that's going on so that we can get an understanding. Currently, there's this uh, bill that is in, that is just this law that has just been enacted and it's talking about how you can apply that if you're a small business or nonprofit, that you can apply for uh, monies from the government. Well, I have discovered that there are folks that are reading through their lenses and saying certain things aren't true. For instance, one of the things that they're saying is that churches can't apply for these funds when there is a provision that says churches and all nonprofits can apply for this and it will not impede upon their separation. It says it in the law. But now because other folks don't believe that that should happen, they're all tied up and tangled up and not focusing on the overall view of the purpose of the law, which is to keep people employed, to allow organizations to keep money flowing in our economy, all right? So I, to, I want to finish us, finish us up with this. We can't get so wrapped around being religious and righteous that we're not serving the God who supplies the religion and the righteousness. We should not try to do things just because we want to look good. We should try to do things because we serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and through that, we walk in what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what the kingdom of God consists of. Are we walking, operating, having an intentionality to operate in Righteousness, peace, and joy. Let us not be the ones that are cheering for the wrong reason. Let us cheer Jesus because we know who he is in our lives and the reason that he's come and for us to enjoy what he's done for us. Let's pray. Father we thank you for your word this day we thank you for this opportunity to start off Holy Week to understand that you have caused all this to happen so that our eyes can begin to see what it is that you have for us and so we want to operate in that power we want to be in the flow that you have for us so Father we thank you now for your word. We declare that it falls upon the good soil of our hearts. We thank you for it in your son Jesus name we pray. Amen.